There we go. Go do it again. Fuck me. Do it again. No, no, I had. That's the last time we can swear too. We're not allowed to swear. No, it's no swearing. It's gonna be difficult for Ben, isn't it? Yes, yeah, Ben. Dropping the C bomb all the time. <laughs> and here we go. Here we go. Hello. It's weird being on video during the theme that we're supposed to be quiet in. <laughs> Welcome to Tanked Up. Welcome to Tanked Up as Gamers United against Dementia. We are Tanked Up, we're a beer and game podcast. I'm Ben Noda, sat here with Adam Kerji. Me! And joining us across the beauty of Skype is Miss Lucy Yeward. Hello! How are you, Lucy? Are you well? I'm well, thank you. Yes, very well. Good. Yeah. Excellent. You all right? Yeah, I'm doing fine, yeah. Good. We've already chatted, so I know how you are. Yeah, now good. everybody else does too. Excellent. Um, oh, what kind of podcast are we? We're a beer, we're a beer and video game. We're a craft beer and video game? No, I'm going to drop, drop craft. Oh, no, yeah. Just beer. Just Heineken. It's just... Start, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just cans of Stella necked all night long, continuously, forever. Um, so, uh, as we said, we're here for um, Gamers United Against Dementia, joining Ross and all the other streamers for uh, an evening of charity, an it evening is. of raising awareness about dementia, right. about playing games, because we're going to talk about that, that's our main topic this evening, um, talking about games, how they help dementia, how there's a possibility of researching games and um, helping with memory and, and stuff like that. But first, the the thing we're... Half about, not all about, half about, beer. Yay. Yay! We can't do anything without having a good drink. So, Adel and I are sharing beers this evening. Lucy, I assume you're going to have some different beers to us. I am. Because we've not colluded really no, in any not. way, have we? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. Um, we're starting off with one of Lucy's favourites. <gasps> the Dea Steady Rolling Man. <laughs> Jealous. Whoa! Fuck me! Um, the no, light... no swearing. Sorry. Okay. Um... On the stream, Adol's um, lampshade just fell from the ceiling. The very heavy light picture covering. <laughs> like, like if the cat was underneath it, it would have crushed it. Uh, hey, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the way the internet works, yeah. man. It's... We bring it this is the first time we do something live. The, the house literally has to fall apart yes, on yes. it. I'm going I'm to pour this. Lucy, what are you going to be drinking first? I am going to be drinking first a beer from Magic Rock. And it's Ooh. called Cryo Baby. Nice. Oh, so, What kind of beer is it? I have no idea. I've come, <laughs> <laughs> I've come so prepared. I, it's a session IPA. You can see that the bottom of the can staring me right in the face. Um, oh, yeah. And the malts are Golden Promise, Malted Oats, and Caramel. Hops are Cryo Hops, hence its name. Amarillo, Citra, and Mosaic. It's 4.8%, 500 ml can. And it doesn't really say anything else. Uh, Magic Rock have been doing quite a few of their 500 ml cans recently, so this is just another one. Mm. This came out probably about two months ago I think so nice nice I know um, I picked one up uh, yesterday in fact mm. um, I think it's Phantasma yeah is it the gluten free one I know you re- reviewed that as such I did someone reads my website maybe only one person yeah. but thank you for <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um, did you drink it I haven't yet no I'm saving it it's a wonderful for a special occasion right Shall I read the flavor text? Yes, please. You, the you, steady you rolling were ru- man. rudely interrupted by the house. So, uh, steady rolling man, our pale ale, inspired by the ridiculously tasty hoppy beers we fell for. We got brewing our own versions over and over again while listening to the blues greats, the heady concoction of old time blues records and juicy American hops, transfixed us from the start, and the steady rolling man was born in these sessions. Incredibly soft and delicate, with intense tropical fruit hop aromatics and saturation this is our ver- vision of the perfect pale ale unfiltered unpasteurized unfined naturally soft hazy and juicy nice 
They give you lots of information mm. on the day I can. Mm, well, well, a, lot a, lot of, of, a lot of text. I was just saying, it, it literally just says barley, wheat, hops, oats, yeast, and contains gluten. It doesn't tell us, you know, anything mm. along the lines of um, no. what kind of hops. So, I have had this on the podcast before. Ooh, I, um, uh, I think it might have been an episode that just Lucy and I did together. Oh, I, I definitely yeah. don't listen to those ones because <laughs> I'm not on them. <laughs> I definitely but, remember uh, you having it then. Yeah. 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 Sorry, guys. I really enjoy this beer. I know you do as well, Lucy. Yeah, love it. It's one of my favourite beers currently. It gets better mm. every time I try it, and I don't understand how that's possible, but it happens. It does, and it, it is a nice, big, juicy, yes, hop bomb. Uh, I'm not sure I was getting it the last time, but it's kind of got a, a like a little smell of. Um, I was trying to think of um, punk IPA. It's mm. kind of got that Nelson Sovon maybe okay. in there. Um, it's just got that kind of slightly dank kind of tinge to it on the mm. nose. Kind of juicy, but it's just that that little yeah. sort of hoppiness coming through, which kind of reminds me a little bit more of a punk. Oh, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe a little piney. I smell what like you're that. saying. Mm. Yes, yes, a smell, a dank smell. Oh. Good, it's good. Um, How's yours, Lucy? Uh, it's it's lovely. I mean, you can tell it's a session strength beer. It's very, very light. It's easy yeah. drinkability. As you can see, it's um, it's a bit hazy. It's mm. golden in colour, pale gold, I'd say. Um, yeah, it's really it's it's really tropical. It's fruity. It's got that bit of piney and resinous um, mm. sort of quality to it. So it's everything that you want from an IPA, um, especially a session IPA, but where I think it's, let, you know, let down a tiny little bit is just on the finish. I wish it was a bit more bitter. It's still quite yeah, that's very quite true. light. It's, it's not a dry finish. It's quite a long, long finish. And But yeah, it's, it's really pleasant beer. Like, nice. this won't take no, long really, to get through the 500 mil can. I was just saying, it, it's going to just <laughs> pound right through. Um, yeah. I know because I've been distracted by some production things yep. and still find myself absentmindedly grabbing it and going for, oh, that's a really good taste. Yeah, yeah. Not telling yeah. anyone what I'm thinking or doing with the podcast. Yeah. That's okay. But the aroma is great yeah. as well. You can smell those mosaic hops and a lot of citra hops, um, like like the fruitiness in the flavor as well as the smell. It's wonderful. Yeah. Really nice. Beer. Nice. Good. Oh, excellent. Good. So this episode, we're uh, we're all about the uh, gamers against United. Uh, game, gamers, gamers against, against United, United Dementia. Right, I almost, <laughs> almost swear then as well. I won't swear. Gamers United against Dementia. Uh, and as I've said, our topic this evening is going to be games and dementia, and lots of different mini topics revolving around that. I'm going to let yes. you lead. Right. So, so um, I thought at first uh, we would just talk about um, our experience with. Um, Memory games, you know, um, the big huge thing um, post Wii that sort of cemented Nintendo as the everyman um, company with Brain Age on the mm. DS. I, I know so many people who literally had a DS with one game. And by so many, I mean three aunties or people <laughs> of that age. Um, but uh, I, I just thought that would be a good way to sort of enter into the conversation of, of mm. memory games because, of course, the whole point of... Okay, do you remember the name of the doctor of Brain Age? See, I thought I. I oh, no, I'm sure it was like <laughs> Kawizaki or something like that. Yeah, see, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say everyone's trying to dodge around being extremely racist <laughs> because they're about to say generic Japanese name. Yeah, yeah. no, um, I don't, I don't. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the whole point of that was like the idea that it would actually help your uh, train your brain mm-hmm. and. and one of the things that never really came out of it was, is there any proof of this? Mm. But I thought, I mean, did you guys do you guys enjoy memory games? I guess is the first question I want to get out, out, out the way as games versus as sort of preventative measures. Uh, I don't know. I suppose maybe as maybe not memory games as a genre um, or as a single kind of mechanic in a game, but I'm I, I definitely enjoy it woven into sort of what you're doing so um if you listen to us you know i fucking love you know i absolutely <laughs> love the witness <laughs> i can't I help it it's part of my vocabulary um I, I love the witness and that has uh you know an element 
of uh, of memory in there. Uh, you have to kind of remember a lot of the puzzles. You've got to try and remember mm. the the language yeah. of a certain set of right. puzzles as you're sort of moving through them. Um, also, I, I remember this perfect moment in Alien Isolation mm. where I found a code for a door uh, and I had to run to the door. The alien was in the space. I had to run to the door and I got there and I just, it, the, the, it just blanked. Mm. It doesn't save anywhere what that code is right. in your notes or anything like that. So you've just got to remember what that code was. And I... I punched the number in, and I got it wrong. I'm thinking, no. And you can kind of hear the alien sort of in the right. background. No, no, I, I've got another. I've got another chance at this. Right. I punched the new number in, which just switched the it's four digit code and just switched the, the right. two last digits, and it was correct. And the door swooshes open, only for the tail to stab me through the chest. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thing. Oh, right. no, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but um, so yeah, it, but it's woven well into games right. and it's not so the main mechanic I'm, I'm well up for that uh, you, you've reminded me of um, an, an odd video game story but uh, one which I often brought up when I go visit my friends back in mm. Calgary which is uh, we went through a phase when uh, me and a couple of my buddies uh, used to uh, live together at tail end of undergrad yeah. uh, and we, we played Magic the Gathering quite a bit mm-hmm. and I grabbed my old cards and I had this great deck that worked really well in the time and of course didn't age well because mechanics change. Yeah. But basically it revolved around easily being able to see someone's cards and having a card called uh, Nebuchadnezzar who it, you basically you you tap him and you say the name of a card and if that card is in their hand they reveal their hand and if it's in their hand it gets burnt. Okay. Um, so the idea is that you have to burn a turn to look at their cards yep. and, they, and then you'll be okay the next time. Mm-hmm. But I had different ways of pre-learning, so I never had to worry about... I knew already, and yes. I remember in like a pivotal moment in the game, I see this card in my buddy Ian's hand that's like going to wreck me. And I'm like, ah! And I cheered and was like, oh man, that's awesome. And then I couldn't remember <laughs> as I tapped the guy and all I have to do is say the thing. I was like... <laughs> See that again? <laughs> no, he wouldn't let me see it again. Completely, yeah, just yeah, completely. Yeah. yeah. No. No. Nice. How about you, Lucy? Um. Well, I was struggling to think because I I like logic <laughs> puzzle games and stuff like that. But um, when you said the witness, I was like, oh yeah, that's a good example because you do have to remember the language and commit that to memory. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, my short-term memory is pretty terrible, so like in point and click games and stuff like that and just like yeah. normal puzzle games i have to religiously write everything down um like one good example of recent years is um her story um mm-hmm. like i don't know if anyone if you, you, you lot must have played it her story yeah, yeah i never finished it though oh, right, I got okay. distracted. definitely go back to that but um basically you're for, for people who haven't played it you're trying to unearth a crime um a murder um by watching you're basically searching through a police database and watching clips that are filmed out of order and you're having to piece everything together to finally unearth the mystery to this story and when you're searching for things um the suspect is a woman she she might say one thing and that one little thing could mean so much and give so much context to mm-hmm. something that you find out later. So you have to sort of remember that. But well, I I wrote everything down because my memory's terrible. But <laughs> that's a good example of you know remembering something, committing it to memory, and that being useful later. But um, but yeah, logic puzzles, games like that, I I absolutely absolutely love. But um, memory specific games, don't think I'm that good at. Muscle memory games like platformers. <laughs> Maybe, yes, but, yeah, right. yeah. but in terms of remembering some digits or numbers or letters, absolutely terrible at those. Nice. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, and so it, it, one of the questions I actually had way back when Brain Age came out and then sort of when these things have their inevitable day in the press every couple yeah. of years was sort of, do, do, do they work? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, one of the things that we stumbled upon this um, – these past couple of weeks when we were sort of looking deeper into these things now that we knew thanks to gamers united against dementia 
Um, it's funny because I, I was stumbling and somehow looking at your face made it so that I good. got the acronym right. I'm a good visual cue. I think it's more like I don't want to look like that guy. Yeah. Screwed it up. <laughs> um, anyway, um, and, and, the, and the fact is that um, the most research, recent research shows that um, was done with um, Super Mario World 3D. Yep. Super Mario 3D? Super Mario 3D. Super Mario World. No, just Super Mario 3D. Oh, it's, which one's oh, that? That's the um, yes one? Is that one? the one? I don't even know which one that is. Um, but it is Super Mario. Yeah, there are three deses. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm the worst. Um, but what was interesting was the the, the research um, also had people use 2D uh, Angry Birds as well, nice. and um, so they were seeing, um, and they had no. Um, I mean, negligible um, results over um, placebo. With Angry Birds compared to Super Mario 3D, and so it, the the in, initial idea is that um, what really matters is actually the spatial mm. reasoning being engaged, rather than just sort playing of a game. playing a game. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and although these are platformers, so they don't it doesn't it's not the same. Most memory games aren't a, a you know an avatar moving around. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was really interesting that the most um, significant results and the most recent research was not memory-based, but rather, like, not direct gameplay memory-based, but that the results were that navigating in a world mm-hmm. spatially mm-hmm. matters a lot. Yeah, I, I suppose spatial reasoning, um, understanding how spaces work, remembering sort of where you've been, uh, you know, what's behind you, what you've just done, how that can then affect what you're about to do, mm. does does play a, you know, it is, it is all memory, isn't it? Yeah, uh, being an architect, I have to remember spaces all the time. You know, I'll, get, I'll go and have a look at a building for somebody, mm. get back to the office. And yes, I've got a few sort of quick sketches and a few photos, but it's all down to my memory of how I moved through the space, right. not yeah. just what the space was, but actually how I moved through it. So I can understand how uh, having a 3D game, not, not, not visual 3D, 3D and how you move around the space. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Um, would help with memory, definitely. Right. Um, and it, it kind of made me think of um, what was the guy? Oh, completely blanked on the name of the game that you were playing not long ago. Snake Pass. There we go. Oh, yeah. Um, mm. Lucy was playing. And how there's another uh, article which you found which was talking about, um, you know, it's not just easy games as well. It, you can kind right. of, your, your, your memory is stimulated by um, a, a challenge. Yeah, well. it, so, this is brain elasticity stuff. Yeah, yeah, so you're kind of looking for games that maybe aren't one note, that right. kind of, you know, get harder as you play through them, have a good sort of difficulty curve as you play that are in sort of these 3D spaces. And it kind of, from, from what you were saying about Snake Pass, Lucy, mm. just kind of was one of those games that kind of just came straight to me as maybe a, a, a good game for this kind of yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, I mean, if you tell someone cardinal directions, like, go north, east, south, west to go get to mm. this point, probably won't remember. But if you, say, get in a car, drive there, or let's walk there or something, they'll probably commit that to memory and much easier to remember just via experience rather than, you know, just numbers or letters or directions on a piece of paper. So, so yeah, yeah that's very much. Reason. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um. That, that sort of segues nicely into uh, another uh, news research thing. Uh, for, for those of you um, who are interested in also helping out, uh, there is a game called Sea Hero Quest, which is on iOS and on Android, and it is actually um, it's it's a it's a quick. You're you're basically a guy in a fishing boat looking for um, chasing down. Um, Pages in a journal, and then eventually trying to track down unique sea monsters to take a picture of them. Right. And the um, and but the point is that you uh, need to get to the different points where your journal uh, pages are via specific routes. Mm. Okay. Um, but the whole point of this game is it's actually run, designed, and run by researchers. And you put in your demographic data, and you can put in extra data if you want. 
Um, but every minute you play the game is basically they they've say it's roughly equivalent to five hours of direct research with, with patients because mm. they're trying to look at um, recall and um, yeah navigational especially um, but general memory recall um, and its decline as you age so yes, rather than yeah. just looking at people who are already suffering from dementia and and sort of way it's looking at what is the gen what are the general trends. And so the basic game play mechanic is you start a level and you're given a um, quick shot of the map. And the map can have a different um, numbered flags, which you have to navigate through in order. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then you say, cool, I'm cool with that. And then you are in the boat and you're driving the boat forward. Um, and you can accelerate and you can turn left and right with touching the screen in the various areas. And you have to hit the flags in the right order according to the map. Mm -hmm. And you're in a fishing boat in the north, so there's icebergs. So you can't see all the flags, and you have to yeah. navigate around. So you have to, um, yeah, so you basically just have to remember what the map was. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the main level mechanic. You have four of those. And then the very interesting one is that every fifth level is the one right before you sort of chase down the thing to take the picture, is instead... You aren't given a map, right? Mm -hmm. And you're meant to tr drive until you find a flare gun and fire a flare back to where you started. Oh, and you're wow. given three vectors of choice. Okay. And and so you're kind of have to be like, I turned left and right. Okay, oh, I think it's a vector, yeah, yeah. sort of just off to the left, or B right straight behind me. And those and so those are the two main mechanic levels, and that's exactly where they're getting their research from. So how well people of certain age and demographic mm. groups yeah. can do this. That's interesting, because um, mine would probably go in the complete opposite direction from where I came from. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and I found it actually quite entertaining. Mm. Um, the, the, one of the things I really liked about it was the idea of using a map as a map mm. rather than as a HUD. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually like one of my big problems with a lot of games. One of the reasons I like um, Breath of the Wild is, except for when you make your own markers, your map is just your map. Sure. Mm. So you don't have this constant ongoing. Yeah, and now you go to the northwest. Mm -hmm. I don't even. You don't even have to know what what northwest means. Mm -hmm. You just go towards the, this arrow, and it'll take you to where you need to go. And I really like the idea when you're talking about sort of memory gameplay mechanics. This idea of having a map or like have like. Uh, if you go on a hiking on a trail without a yeah. cell phone with you, you look at the trail map and you're like, okay, this is the route I'm going to take. Yep. And then you go off and you have to remember what that route is. It's sort of similar to this gameplay mechanic in Sea Hero Quest. But I also think it's a really cool way of immersing yourself in a game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, like Breath of the Wild takes it one step, but I kind of like the idea of like, you don't get to take the map with you all mm -hmm. the time. Like this could be a different scale of map in a building and... And I, I think that's why I really enjoyed playing the division mm. with the um, with the display off. So it's just you in the city, and you kind of you pick up on you know as you would do when you're walking around a city. You pick up on all of those yeah. all of those points. You recognise a building. You you know, kind of know the street that you're moving down. Yeah. So it's it was a much better way oh, to yeah. to play that game. And again, it's all about that's all about sort of spatial reasoning and kind of just stumbling around. <laughs> yeah, thinking, mm -hmm. sure, there's a subway station around here somewhere. I meant to go in. Well, I, I thought what I thought was really interesting with that game was I really liked how flexible the HUD could be. Yeah, because like you and I ended up playing it where you basically had it all off, and until you were like in a combat situation, mm -hmm. it would flash up so yeah. you would remind you what things you have in your loadout. Um, but if you had every all the bells and whistles on, you really you just your GPS would literally draw a giant blue line true, above did, yeah. the streets to show you where you mm -hmm. needed to go. And it went. And I like the. Um, I actually like the flexibility of that for people who don't want to play the game that way. Mm -hmm. Like I personally, in the division, never use fast travel. Yeah. Which sometimes is a pain, but I was like, mm, no, I'll do this because I'm pigheaded, which is why I'm still playing Breath of the Wild without a shirt on. Uh, <laughs> story. Go back to episode. 75 yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. It's because Link doesn't um, have nipples and Adil finds that fascinating. He's a never nude. He's a proud of it. And I just think that's the way he is. A good summary. Good yeah. summary. <laughs> um, 
dear. Uh, and uh, I've just gotten an update on the um, on the stream, and we are at three hundred forty-four dollars, dollars, no, dollar pounds, dollar pounds, dollar right. pounds, and thirty <laughs> pence cents. <laughs> Well done. Uh, which is fantastic. Uh, thank you so much to those who donated. We started the stream at, I think, 240. Around about that, yes. Yeah, yeah, about 100 so, pounds extra. Yeah, we've, we've managed to go 100 pounds and 30 pence extra-ish. I hope that means people are listening to what we're saying. And yeah, rather than don't. just going, oh, I've seen this link, I'll just... Sorry about that. I'll just <laughs> donate now. I, 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 won't, think- I won't watch until my favorite stream is on. I think that's probably what that's probably what I think it's like, oh, we'll just get this done now. We'll get rid of these people. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, I do think that uh, not only for the research benefits, but also I thought it was actually a, 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 an amusing mobile diversion, Sea Hero Quest, hmm. um, is, is worth giving a, giving a go. Yeah, nice. That might um, take some chunk of time out of Pokemon yeah. Go. And uh, I, I will uh, just, um, uh, from the BBC article, I found out about it, and we'll say that... Um, some of the things they've already found out is that um, that people in uh, better health, um, which is more common in the Nordic countries, are, seem to retain uh, their navigation abilities longer. Um, surprise, surprise, if you live in coastal nations, you are better at navigating on a sea navigation game. Um, but also, they seem to indicate that um, those around with quote-unquote Viking blood have a boost to their vet navigational skills. Well, that's because it's dark like nine months of the year up there. So they're gonna, you have to navigate in the dark. Of course well, I think it's it. funny because, yeah, one of the things is, um, well, yeah, Nordic countries have more healthy people. Oh, yeah. They cycle. They also have more Viking blood. Oh, that seems like the blood. same actual point. <laughs> but I didn't read the actual um I'll have to find myself some article. Viking blood to cover it. To myself. cover yourself in? <laughs> yeah, so I'm better at navigating everywhere. Um, before we move on to our next point, how are you doing with your beer, Lucy? Oh, it's going down very quickly. Just pouring the last remnants there. So that. Oh wow! Nice. I guess. I guess. Yeah, we're having half as much as you had. Or, That's very had, true. We split one of these. <laughs> yeah. So we are having everything. Terrible. Um, as such, I'm gonna I'm gonna crack open our second beer. Awesome. Tell you all about it. Uh, our second beer is from Northern Monk. It's one of their patrons' projects beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Four point. Zero two pineapple and grapefruit juice IPA, seven point four percent, four hundred forty ml can. Uh, the patrons are Drew Millwood, Northern Tropics. It's got a lovely, creepy, <laughs> tropical monkey, pineapple-y great other art. things ending in the yeah. label. Lovely art. And that's just one of the patrons' uh, beers you can get. I mean, I don't know how many there's been so far. I mean, I mean at least five, hey. I think. It's got to be more than that, yeah. yeah. Sure yeah. Well, I think either last week or the week before, I had the um, the furry one. Yep. Mm. Yep. yep. I've already forgotten the name. Four, three or four lying around here, so there's been quite a few. And they're all great beers as well. And by lying around, you mean like just the empty cans? <laughs> yes. You, you like all the vagrant look? Lying about in the pit of my stomach. That's what <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good, good. Um, uh, trying to think about these beers, uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they just, not not just, maybe several weeks or a month ago-ish, they uh, released maybe five new ones. But mm. Previous to that, I think they'd done about five beforehand, because right. I'd had one, which I think was a 5.01 beer, which was the one, uh, a, a grey can yeah. um, with a man. Uh, walking across almost the you know a tour race for moors on it, which was an absolutely beautiful beer. Yeah. Um, so it's it's Northern Monks Patrons Project are definitely one of the um, one of the outstanding sort of special edition runs. Right. At the yes. Moment, so. Oh, mm. yeah, completely. I was blown away by the one which I can't remember. I just know it has a ferny can. Ferny can one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that a saison? It was, yes. It was a saison. It's one of the best saisons I've ever had. Ooh. High praise. Mm. So, Ooh. I'm not sure whether we can compare it too much to the Dea um, Steady Rolling Man. They're both um, sort of juicy IPAs. Or is, um, is the, is the uh, Dea an IPA or is it just it's pale? It's just pale ale. Just pale. Mm. So, this is 7.4%. Quite 
quite the nose is completely different to the oh, I was going to say that's why I said woo. Mm. I'm not sure what that initial smell is. It's not that. It's not quite skunky. It's not quite bitter. But I can't, there is definitely getting the pineapple. I think that yeah. pineapple is sort of undercurrent. Almost. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the, the sweetness of pineapple. Mm. Maybe the sort of slight sourness of grapefruit. Perhaps. I'm not getting a lot of the regular citrus of the grapefruit, though. Is why I'm questioning. It. Anyone actually? You know, watching us now, listening to us now, who who isn't into your beers as much as we are, probably just thinking, hey, this is what we do. Don't, do not start backpedaling the premise, sir. They're we thinking, are 83 episodes in. They're thinking, I should definitely listen to this podcast more because they know what they're talking about yes. when it comes to beer. Yeah, it, it's this weird. Maybe. Oh, you're right. Maybe it is the, the pioneer part of the pineapple. The, 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 <laughs> The not the apple part. Yeah, exactly. Not not like I'm, I was thinking more of the taste of it, but rather the smell of the pre-cut yes. fruit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. That's that's oh. what I meant by the pineier part. You know, when it still it looks piney. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the it crisp be, part. It might be a pineapple and grapefruit juice IPA, mm. but it's not a big sort of juice bomb hit. It's actually a very balanced. Oh yeah. Flavor. It's um. Definitely an IPA, but also uh, it's not. A, uh, it, it's definitely part of the trend uh, we're seeing this year of IPAs being less in your face with hops. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's not good. <laughs> um, about the juice it, it, nowadays. Yeah, mm. I mean the summer is all about um, juice, especially grapefruit. Um, I quite like it. Um, I'm surprised at how short the finish is. Very short. It's very dry as well. Yeah. It, it disappears. You kind of got a little residual bitterness sort of sitting there, but, mm-hmm. but not much at all. So, no, that's 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 all. It's different, but it's good. Yeah, it's definitely not what I thought. Given uh, the, my recent, I've, I've had quite a few grapefruit uh, IBAs lately because that's what the trends are, and this is by far the most unique of them. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Are you ready with your next beer? Lisa? You're, I am you're still going. Excellent. Yes, it is from Bibliotech, who are in Sweden, Gothenburg, Sweden, and it is the single hop mosaic. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, number 120. I've had it before. I don't think I've had it on the pod, though. But no, you it haven't. is one of my favorite beers. So, saving it for a special occasion, as this is. Woo. Excellent. Um, oh, look at that head. Yeah. Pouring, like four inches ahead. Yeah. Pouring yeah. pretty much the same colour as the last one, pale gold. A um, little bit hazy. Smells of mosaic hops, as you'd expect. Um, kind yeah. of piney, resinous smell. Sort of a bit lavenderish, but um, but yeah. Nice. It's. Let me taste. Even though I know what it tastes like already, but. <laughs> yeah, but we would like to hear your, your live impressions. I mean, it's just really fresh. It's really vibrant. It's it's refreshing. It's great for a session. Oh, it's right fresh here. and refresh. Yes, fresh and refreshing. Double fresh. It's six point five percent. Six point five percent. So a bit bit higher than the average um, IPA, but you can't even tell. I mean, it tastes it pretty much like the last beer I had, Cryo Baby. It's light, it's um, right. easy drinkability. It's great beer. Good. Nice. Um, nice. Now, did you mention that um, our IPA is a, a vast 7.4%? Yes. Despite not being called a double? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you I did mention it, yeah. it. Oh, did you? Yeah, okay. yeah. We, I don't um, pay attention to what we, you say. Uh, we drank the Sierra Nevada Torpedo uh, earlier, before, yeah. which is... 7.4 or 7.6, I'm yeah. not sure which one. But that's not a double either. They call that an extra IPA. Yeah. So I always thought that doubles were eight, even though I've definitely had uh, something that's called itself a double, double which has right. been slightly under. It's been about 7.5. Yeah, well, it's something like, like that. So I think it's, I mean, you see a lot of Saison's at 6, 8, 6, 9, and technically yes, a Saison yeah. is the 7%. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's all a uh, grain of salt. Um, nice. Back to games mm-hmm. and memory. Yeah, thanks for remembering the topic. 
That's one of my worst, and I'm saying that. Um, So uh, I did uh, did want to point out that not all research was created equal, and um, there have been some research um, projects going on that uh, have also used games. Uh, One that was called Game Show, I think. But Mm -hmm. um, it has been criticized because it is much more like a Brain Age game, and it... It just it was trying to crowdsource the primary research of of um, and we, uh, that is to say they were using an app directly on people who were already suffering with dementia, yeah. and uh, and it's been criticized because um, it's just the, the style of the project wasn't that good. So the jury's still out um, on brain age style stuff, at least from what the research I did, um, uh, helping directly helping those who are suffering from dementia. Though we do know that. The 3D spatial stuff does help. Yep. I uh, just yeah. thought I'd point that out because uh, it, it, I mean, it, it takes time to read into all these things, and uh, and I did. So why not help you guys out? Definitely, uh, Lucy. Um, I suppose we, we've got Brain Age as sort of like the main game that kind of promotes yeah. this sort of thing. But the the only one we remember okay. this is Brain. And yeah. Did you play Brain Age at all? No, I didn't. I missed out on the whole DS Brain Age craze. Mm. I think I was. When was that? How many oh, years ago are we talking about? It's probably in school. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I was I was working and you know. Yeah, I was working. Yeah, I was. I, I, I was and... <laughs> maybe. I don't know, it's got to be. It's got to be ten plus years ago. Oh, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I was working at the university. Uh, I think at that time, still in undergrad one ish. You'd have thought that. You know, with you know, with it being that length of time, mm. you know, even if it wasn't quite ten years or so, so five years that, ago, that more research and more games like this would have been sort of would have been done. Yeah, it, it does seem sort of well. So I think this a is lack the problem of research. This is the problem that I, I, I didn't do a good job of mention, uh, highlighting earlier um, when I was trying to is that um, there's a lot of talk about games helping your memory etc and mm. there's a lot of um there's a uh, but not a, there's not a lot of research backing up these specific games even though um it, it it's you know there's it's over a billion dollars in memory games that are di- direct like annually directed at improving helping mm-hmm. training preventing um but we don't actually have the science to back up whether that's yeah. necessarily the case yeah. um brain age Train your brain in minutes a day, also known as Doctor Kawashima's brainy brain close. training. How old is your brain? I was brain. close. You, you with were. Kawasaki. You were uh, close. It came out in Japan in two thousand five, and then uh, the rest of the world in two thousand six. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so just over well, ten years. Man, okay. I'm totally okay. not on Wikipedia, but if if you are, you'll see the article on Brain Age shows the original DS, which looks so archaically <laughs> clunky. It's kind of amazing. Does it look like um, the 2DS, the door wedge? Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Just with a, a hinge. Oh, yeah. Nice. Okay. <laughs> um, so, but it is, you, I think it's important to note that um, that there's, just because something says it, just so something tests the faculties, mm-hmm. doesn't mean it actually improves the faculties or, you know, is preventative, etc. Um, but the one, one thing that uh, we came across that you found really um, interesting and intriguing was uh, a palliative program yes. that's out there. Uh, did you want to say anything about uh, that? Um, well, sorry, I'm making you say anything, something. Yeah. Anything about it? Um, but this is a game called The Forest The Forest Project, Project yes. Um, it's a, a VR experience. I suppose it's best to call it. It's not really a game as such, Uh, but essentially people using VR to put people into outdoor environments when they can't get outdoors, Mm. when it's not safe for them to get outdoors or when they're physically not able to get outdoors. Um, And they they suggest that being in sort of a soothing outdoor environment can be very therapeutic uh, to people with different forms of dementia. Um, And I think... The other way, the same company also created um, a project which allowed people to experience what it might be like with dementia. So I think it's interesting that there's sort of two sides to this in in, in this kind of VR space. Yeah. That 
there may be are ways to help people out who have dementia yeah. and uh, make them more comfortable sure. and, and, and possibly just maybe not help them with the with the problem as such but just sort of yeah well so ease them a little yeah. bit but but also for, for people that work in the field who kind of are carers and things like that to actually understand what's going on and to you know be able to be in the mindset of, of people yeah. with dementia uh, and i think that's just as important almost yeah i mean this is this is how you how you help trigger empathy right yes mm. so the uh, the initial project they did which was the virtual virtual dementia experience mm-hmm. and that was as you said um showing uh how how did what the world looks and sounds and feels like for people with dementia so you would have the disconnect of you know being able to retrace your steps etc um and uh, i think they they called them perceptual disturbances mm-hmm. um and that part was really about like you said um engaging with empathy and really making people understand what what it actually is like to yeah, experience yeah. the world and this is obviously from mm. the reports of those who who who, who suffer from dementia um I'll, I'll just i'll read this one part um so during one part of the game caregiver players so you know whoever's playing it uh, to figure out how it what it's like to be uh suffer from dementia walk down a hallway where striped wallpaper creates unnatural bulges on the wall and little ant-like specks skitter across the carpet. At the end of the hall, a nearby clock morphs into an unintelligible jumble of constantly moving lines and squiggles and dots. Um, and obviously, people with dementia aren't, you know, um, hallucinating, but it's how it's the fact that they can't interpret. Um, you know, you lose the ability to interpret certain symbols, mm-hmm. read a clock, etc. And so this is their way of showing how something like a clock could actually be really quite jarring. Mm-hmm. Um, when when you're su- when your mental faculties yeah, are yeah it, it's it's not an exact picture of, of what people with dementia see it's more the idea of how things may appear yeah and, it's and evoking the same reactions yeah, yeah. Uh, that you they they would have yeah so I just thought it was very interesting that it's that we're using the technology um, you know often associated with games to be able to do these things yeah mm-hmm. uh, as well I think this is exactly where, where VR can really help mm. and which is why I think the most um, most people who are really into VR end up saying like the thing thing that really was cool was a VR experience and not necessarily a game uh, Lucy I know you're not a VR person as such yeah in not, terms you know. of well you've never met her that's true she's well just in terms of game i'm not a not vr person but because i've never tried it because i have really bad motion sickness and that doesn't sound fun to me but um yeah having something that's like a very static or linear or you know sort of experience where you're not you know shooting giant crabs or something out of the sky mm-hmm. and something that helps with mental health or you know disabilities or just even things like, you know, as light-hearted as social things, I think that's where VR is really going to, you know, improve. And with rumours of Oculus releasing a $200 standalone um, mm. VR headset unit next year, which is more integrated with social things and, um, of course, aligning with Facebook, um, you know, that's where the social element comes from. And, you know, I think that's where VR stands the most chance i mean games i mean a lot of vr games right now as we speak are trying to develop um just to help people with mental disorders and disabilities etc etc and so there's already that spectrum of vr but Mm -hmm. i think when people you know rather than just game developers um interested in mental health but actual mental health facilities get their hands on tech which is more yeah. approachable, um, not requiring a high-end PC or tons of wires, mm. et cetera, et cetera. I think that's where it's really going to grow and, you know, help help just everybody, not just people with mental disabilities, et cetera, but everybody, as you say, putting people in the position where they can experience what it's like to have de- dementia is great for carers because it must be, I mean, I don't know anyone with dementia, but I know it's a horrible, you know, kind of disease. And 
to put yourself in that position must be hard even as a carer who's trained to do that so to get that empathy and you know get that experience that, that speaks volumes and you can't compare that to anything I think that's where VR is really gonna really gonna shine and really gonna take the world forward so yeah completely mm. completely a, a good comment to round out our discussion yeah. I think on uh, on dementia on games and memory um I suppose I just want to share. Uh, it's only been recently that um, I suppose I realised, or not realised, I was, I was told that my great grandmother um, had dementia. Right. Um, I, I used to live with her. Uh, you know, I lived in a big house as a as a kid right. um, with my, my parents, my grandparents, and my great grandparents. Uh, and you know, uh, as a child, I didn't realise that my great grandma had uh, had dementia. And me and my brother used to tear through her front room going in and out of the back garden and all right. these sorts of things. And it's only recently you thought, but I've, I've sort of realised how shit scary that, sorry, sorry, how scary that must have been for her Yeah, to just have these kind of two people yeah. just appear in a room that maybe she wasn't, she wasn't as familiar with as maybe right. she was. And it's kind of, you know, one of those big reflective moments when I was sat down chatting with my grandma about it. Um, and you just think it's horrible, absolutely hideous thing to have to do. So any, you know, any research that we can do, any way that we can assist people with it through you know, games um, by helping with memory uh, early on or by, you know, easing people with sort of VR experiences can only be uh, an absolutely fantastic thing. So, every, you know, all your donations are wonderfully... Uh, yeah. Bought to us, yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate yeah, it. Um, I forgot the word yeah. I was going to say. Uh, I, I will say this: having uh, interacted with people of dementia at various points uh, throughout, there's. It's heartbreaking to say this, but there's actually um, moments where you're glad that things have progressed to where they are because so much has been forgotten that mm. a mm. kind of peace ends up coming across. Of like, I don't. I'm just so used to everything being foreign that, like, yeah. two kids tearing through the living room at some point yeah. probably wasn't as big of a deal, yeah. uh, which is sort of awkward solace. Um, but it, it, it and it speaks to just because it's the brain and it's the memory, how long you can you you can cope with it that you can get to the point where mm. now the norm is no norm to the point where that's not jarring. Yep. And, and I think that's a very scary thing to think about, but it's also a very real fact that, that sort of people... Yeah. 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 yeah, and it's very good chance that someone you know will suffer from it in the future. So mm. investing in this sort of research now could speak volumes in the future. So definitely donate. I mean, our good friend Ross, who's hosting the stream, something like this is, you know, devastating happening to someone he's close yeah. to. So, you know, you just don't see it coming, so... Definitely, you know, just, you know, it's a can of beer. Just donate. Yeah, yeah completely. And again, it's exactly. whatever, yeah. whatever you can uh, donate. To be honest, uh, even if it's just, even if you're totally skinned, download that app. Yeah, we do, know do, we, do play the game, help out yeah, with some research. Yeah. We know Sahara Hero Quest is, is part of an active research project. Mm -hmm. It is the active research yeah. project. So that's a thing that any, everyone watching can do, yeah. unless you don't have a mobile phone, which would be frightening. <laughs> yes. So uh, let's very swiftly uh, round out the show. Um, before we go into uh, the donations that we've received whilst we've been on, uh, Lucy, out of the two beers that you had, very briefly, which was your favourite? Um, I think it has to be the Beer Bibliotech Single Hot Mosaic. Mm. Um, the Cryobaby is a fantastic beer, really good session IPA, so if you're looking to have a couple of beers for the night, mm -hmm. definitely get on that 500ml you set for the night. But um, I think in terms of... Uh, Hoppiness, flavour, uh, aroma. I think the single hot mosaic takes it for me this week. Nice, nice. Uh, I'm going to go with the Northern Monk Patrons. Oh, really? Uh, <gasps> I think it's just a very nice, balanced beer. A good IPA, I know. I, I disagree know. completely, I and I'm not even taking it. <laughs> <laughs> um, How about you? I'm actually going to go for the day. Okay. Yay! Um, <laughs> I, I really liked the, the Northern Monk patrons, but I found the day was just more of a beer. 
then today I wanted a beer, sure. if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. And and I mean, we did. You mentioned we had the Sierra Nevada torpedo, mm. and and uh, even then, like this is the day was clearly a solid. Beer. Yeah, it is. It is it's um, a very good beer. to the point where like uh, I'm surprised it's just a pale ale because it really does. It's very reminiscent of IPAs mm. in in its hoppiness. Um, so yeah, it's it's for me. It's the day. Nice, nice. So donations. Let's have a quick look at where we are. Bring it up on the stream. Bring it up on the stream. But if I bring it up on the stream, then we can't read the bottom easily. This is right. See? No. <laughs> <laughs> where are we? Where are we? What we are at? at 74%. Nice. £374.30. Well done, everybody. And because we're the first segment, we get credited with this entire bit. Yep, that's good. That's good. Um, We've and helped raise all of this. Let us start our thanks with Sharon Miller. Yes. Twenty pounds, excellent. Thank you. Should we should mention, uh, it's on the stream, isn't it? It's there. Right. Yeah. Uh, Inferno two one seven. I think it's is Inferno two one seven. One of the streamers coming up later. He is. Yes. Part of four guys with quarters. Yes. Nice. In case you, could. yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're the best at shoutouts yeah, and being professional looking. Uh, the Jizzle matching Inferno two one seven's donation. Bit of competition, perhaps. Well, friendly, obviously. Yeah. Just a match, not not. <laughs> <laughs> the Jizzle could have beat, but only Matt. That's true. That's very true. Um, we've got the Doug Crew and Stick Figure. Thank you for being pumped and helping us out. Uh, Lewis Denwood. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, some... I was <gasps> going to say a bad word. Some guy Jonathan, named... Jonathan Frakes. Yeah. Jonathan Frakes is giving doing some great work. Sorry, I can't watch the stream. It's okay. Your large contribution is very welcome. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, just we know you listen to Tank Tubs. Retweet the stream. Get more people watching. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Mr. White, thank you very much. Mm. Right, you Is it much, much love, boy? <laughs> not at us. Yes, and X, so it's kind of not at us. No, it's to to yeah. to Ross. Uh, Jez Gordon with a heart, or he doesn't know that he actually donated more than three pounds. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Bloomer, John Bloomer, thank you very no, much. Yes, no, that's John. a typo. That's a Bob. Bob, that is that's Bob, Bob, yes. Yeah, Bob, that's Bob. <laughs> I interrupt you, but uh, that is Prime. Always have room in my wallet for a great cause. Thanks, Thaddeus. That's a, that's a fantastic place to be, and I'm, bla- I'm really glad that you feel that way, because there's a lot of causes, and that's great. Uh, Josh Nash, thank you so much for doing this. Nice. Also, so nice thank message. you so much for doing this. Yes, oh, exactly. Gosh. Oh, it's me. Sorry, <laughs> it's because I keep giving comments on yours that we've I've got been... no time. Yeah, Emma, brutal. <laughs> uh, th- thanks for your donation. She, her granny had dementia for ten years, and they lost her bit by bit. This is from her and AJ. Microsoft will double this donation by sending another straight to the Alzheimer's Society. That's a nice, cool extra fifty quid. Nice, nice. Uh, Josh Casino. That's a good name. Good luck raising as much Joe, as you can. Joe. Joseph. Sorry, Joseph. Sorry. Holy crap! It's Alexander Wade again! Good work to us, tanked up. Yay! (laughs) Thanks for an extra 30. That's awesome. Nice, nice. Um, Uh, We shall round it out there. Thank you very much, everybody, uh, for tuning in. Uh, You can follow us at tankedup underscore cast on Twitter or go to our Facebook page where we will link all of the articles that we've discussed today. Uh, We'll do that through Twitter as well. Uh, But now you've got lots of other streamers We've got lots of other people coming up through the night for the next 12 hours. Jesus Christ. Um, the next step, we do have Castly. I would read you uh, what they're playing. I, I think it's... Uh, Titanfall 2? Yeah, it's Humans Fall Flat. Uh, um, yeah, it's a good physics-based... This one. Mad oh, yeah, you're right. Across. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Reading across, not down? What is this? Um, yes, so we've got Castly coming up with Titanfall 2 in... Marginal seconds. If people wanted to follow you, Ben, where would they reach uh, you? I'm at Nova underscore 47. Lucy, how do people reach you? I'm at Beerresistible underscore. Nice. And Adam? I'm at Theonier. T-H-E-O-M-N-I-A-R-C-H. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Uh, I assume at some point we're going to be handing back to Ross. I think we're going to be handing back to Ross right now, as it is 7 p.m. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Ciao. See you later. Thanks again. Thanks.
Actually, I have no idea when the hosting will have no idea. Because we're not on the mixer, hopefully. (laughs) We don't know whether he's taking it. I'm going to assume he's taking it, but I have no basis for it. I'm going to assume until it definitely is. We could just be chatting. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's right. Whilst we're waiting. He could have gone for a sleep. Probably. Yeah, in which case, um, uh, we'll reenact some scenes from Titanfall 2. Oh, yeah. That that memorable mise-en-scene masterpiece. Yeah. I thought maybe. I would yeah. have to crouch down and you would stand on top of me so Run you could be a titan. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh dear. Oh yeah. Canada guy. Canada guy, thanks really for telling us. Um, Don't cross the streams. No, never. We'll yeah. just keep going and just chat. Yeah, so Rubbish. have you actually played any games lately? I have. Played a lot of the Banner Saga 2. Oh. Which I picked up. Yes, yes. I was going to save it for, for next week. I wasn't sure whether I was going to talk about that or um, Until Dawn, which I'm not that oh. far through. But uh, right I'm, a, I'm four chapters talk in. Talk about that. Oh, it's don't talk about the Banner about... Saga. I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a um, turn-based game. Talk about <laughs> <laughs> Until Dawn. Man. That, that, four chapters in. That's some good, that's some good B-movie. Yeah. Uh, tropes. It's it's it's, it's until tropes. Uh, it's it's. Have you played uh, it? Though? I own it and have played the first act. In, well, like first hour and a half ish. Mm. Yeah, get on it, man. Um, it's great. It's a great and, game. And and now I'm sad because I have a disc that I don't need. You, how many you how many times have you played it, Luz? I've only played it once. Yeah. Well, I wanted to actually play um, uh, until dawn with people helping choose, like being forced. Like like or some sort of collaboration discussion around the choices. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so you play with a group of people. Yeah, I kind of like the idea because you can communally do it. You can. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of the action choices. So whether you take the safe path versus the risky path, you always uh, time based. Always take the risky path. Always take the risky path. Yeah, you completely, completely. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting in the way that it chats with the um, with the doctor as well. And yeah. how he kind of tries to suss out what's up with you, and they they put those elements of maybe what you've said are scary yeah. um, into his scene almost. Scarecrows or clowns? Um, yeah, uh, rats or spiders? Spiders, rats or yeah, yeah. Like, pl- is it planes or crowds as well? So I have well, made, I have friends who have pet that, rats. Yeah. <laughs> so like that was a non thing for me. Mm. But also, don't really have a problem with spiders? All of them were a non-thing for me. I'm not really scared of any of the things that it um, that it brought up, to be fair. So I was kind of just just going, ah, this one. Right. Uh, what what do I think might be scarier if I encountered it right. in the street in the middle of the no, night? Right. A clown or a scarecrow? Well, a clown is just a man dressed up. A scarecrow's an inanimate object full of fucking straw. Yeah, but they're creepy. That's probably a little bit scarier than a man dressed up as a clown. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, so we'll go with scarecrow. So, yeah, I mean, I've not, I don't think there's, I've been a, a, ever scared by any of it yet. There's been mm. a couple of jump Jump scares, scares are, yeah, are not yeah. really that's, That is that kind of yeah, like mean, B-movie aesthetic, isn't it? I, I, well, this is my I'm problem with a lot of modern horror. I'm cat, so... I don't play hardy things, but, but that one I could cope through. So, yeah, it's all just jump scares. But it's great. It's very yeah, See, yeah. My problem with most, excuse me, most modern horror is that it's um, jump scares. Yeah. Too, many, too, too many jump scares, not enough actual... Uh, not enough actual... Uh, like, I want real creepy, suspenseful, actual no, things going I don't want on. that. I don't want that ever in any game. But, but, you know, if I'm watching a horror, right? Oh, yeah. If you're watching one definitely. for the purpose of being are. scared. Don't know mm-hmm. why you'd do that, but each to his own. Well, see, I, I grew up watching things like X-Files and The Outer Limits and I used to watch all of those kind of like sci-fi, like slightly, mm. you know, episodic horror series yeah. that they sort of, uh, that came in. And that very quickly moved into a lot of the... Uh, Japanese horror films as they were coming out, like Ju-On and uh, The Ring, you know, right. films like that as they sort of uh, as they came out, Ishii the Killer and stuff like that. Like the, the 
kind of not so horror ones as well, but the kind of the gore fest yeah. kind of films. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it just desensitized me so much um, that actually when you kind of watch, uh, you know, like the Ring remake, the American version. I really like that movie. That was the right oh, amount. Really? The second one was watched... hilarious. You remember the oh, I just it... I hadn't seen Ringu, and yeah. I did watch it when I was kind of lonely, having moved to Vancouver and known, knew what, okay. no one so had watched, watched it at 2am. When you're lonely. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen the second one, so I don't know what the deer bit is. Oh, they're just stupid CGI deer that smash through. <laughs> <laughs> really oh bad. dear. Okay, fair enough. Um, but I mean, the thing I like about the Japanese horror is the the really mistiming of of music. Yeah. And how in you know, and how in the Ring, in the American version, they use music a lot to really build and build and build, yeah. and then they will hit you with that point. Whereas mm. in the Japanese version, it they will build and build and build. Yeah. And nothing will happen. Mm. And it's yeah. perfect because the tension builds so much. Right. Yeah. And then the, you've got this beautiful release of tension. And it lulls you into such a full sense of security that when two, three, five minutes later, when there's no build-up and something just hits. Right. And it, it gives you that that fright. And, you, that, and it's perfect. And they do it really well in um, in Juon as well. Right. Uh, which is the uh, the grudge. Yeah, the Japanese, the, the you know the original version, mm. uh, but you know, I, I went through a phase of almost exclusively watching just Japanese and South Korean Never. movies. Oh, I for, for about a year. South Korean movies so. in the the, the mid two thousands were unstoppable. Mm. Oh, what's the one? Is it Dumplings? Yeah, have you seen that? It's a shorter. It's part of a mm. compilation. And, well, and that's very good. Very good. We, we're now the glorious movies cast. Yeah. <laughs> We can be glorious. Oh, we're definitely glorious. Nice. We've definitely gone as well, Lucy. They've um, yeah. They they they. We are. Not... They've switched from us. I don't know when, okay. but they switched. From they us. switched to us. Yeah. I can stop being. Yeah, just, um, we, we, we could stop there. audacity, couldn't we? I suppose. Our bonus, our, our outtake this week is going to be sort of five minutes of just talking about <laughs> Japanese horror. Films, <laughs> that sounds great. 